Warning, warning, warning. This episode of Heroes of the Halcyon contains large spoilers for the Galactic Star Cruiser adventure. If you have not yet been on Galactic Star Cruiser, you may want to save this episode until after your voyage. Three friends boarded Disney's Galactic Star Cruiser to seek their destiny and emerged as Heroes of the Halcyon. Welcome to Heroes of the Halcyon, the best and only Galactic Star Cruiser superfan podcast on the interwebs. I'm Galactic Star Cruiser superfan Drew. I'm Galactic Star Cruiser superfan Christine. And superfan Martin. Tonight on our episode, uh, tonight, maybe where you're listening in podcast line, it's early morning. Perhaps it's the middle of the day. We're not judging. It's all good. But on this episode of Heroes of the Halcyon, what are we going to talk about, Christine? Today, we are going to talk about our top five memories from our trip in March. Where do we want to start? Uh, Martin, why don't you go with your number five? Uh, my number five, uh, Star Cruiser memory. There was a character on uh, the Halcyon Star Cruiser named Wani, uh, who is a Rodian species, who many folks uh, will remember that as the Greedo character that Han Solo shot first in the cantina. Well, there's a, a female Rodian character named Wani on board the ship that isn't fully realized alien character that's just standing in front of you and it's just jaw dropping how perfectly executed this character is. You, you, the mouth articulates the body movement and acting of the uh, cast member, the performer uh, inside the suit is, is incredible. I mean, you are standing next to a legit alien star Wars character and you buy it completely. It was a stunning moment, like something that I really can't believe they pulled off as well as they did. I remember about a week or so before the cruise, we were watching some of the videos early and we were trying to avoid spoilers, but uh, the Ordinary Adventures crew, Kitra and Peter, they opened their video with Kitra interacting with Wani in the store. And when when that interaction was finished, Kitra was wiping tears from her eyes because she was so overwhelmed. I, I definitely think that that's a, a fabulous moment. They, they did such an amazing job with that character. The, the sort of alien way she held her hands and interacted and posed and talked. And the, the speech, I don't know how they did the speech with the, her tucking in hoodies. Just incredible. I mean, her her whole persona was so quickly realized in a conversation where you had no idea what she was saying. And yet still understood everything right. that she was saying. Exactly. Uh, purely by performance alone. So, Christine, how about you? What's your number five? Okay, well, my number five is going to be my first interaction with Sandro. Sandro is another one of the characters who has his own storyline. He is basically another passenger on the ship with uh, big dreams of breaking into the music industry he just started asking questions and I wasn't really sure where he was going at first. I wasn't really sure that he was a character on the ship or if he was another passenger, you know, dressed to the nines, but uh, it was really neat. It was a good icebreaker for me because he's just a very, uh, the character itself comes across as just kind of a gentle soul. So he's just seeking out conversation and it just immediately puts you in the mindset that you're not in Kansas anymore. You're, you're on the galactic star cruiser. So that was fantastic. What about you, Drew? What's your number five? My number five is a little hard to build up to, but, but I'll, I'll build up to it by, by 
For those of you who may not have listened to a previous episode where we talked about character creation, the four of us who went on this voyage really decided we were going to be in character from the moment we got in line to get on the experience. But we realized that our characters, our characters weren't the kind that were going to show up in a valet car or show up on a bus or dare to take public transportation of some kind. No, our characters were going to arrive in a limo. Mm -hmm. Some might call it a space limo. But we couldn't get a space limo, so we just got a nice stretch job that was beautiful, amazing. When we pulled up to the gate, we immediately said, okay, when we open the door, we're in character. We're on stage. And I distinctly remember the moment of taking a deep breath because I was going to be the first person out because my character was security detail for the group. So I needed to, to, to scan the area and watch for any interlopers or danger. And I got out. And I immediately noticed that we were really the only ones dressed in costume to the extent we were. So there was a bit of that. But but no, my character was like, I'm scanning the room. And we gave off a vibe that I know people picked up on in that line. And we announced ourselves to our fellow passengers that we're here to play. We're here to get into this. And that was a great moment. So we're on number four, Martin. What's your number four? I got to tell you, one of the, the big moments for me, the first night was kind of a, a teeny bit stressful in that we, we didn't have as much interaction with all of the characters as we kind of expected, and we weren't getting any of the missions we had read about, and uh, we weren't getting any just uh, pings on our data pad that we had heard were, were supposed to be happening, and we were just kind of worried, did we do something wrong? Did we miss some kind of pivotal moment that was going to cause these storylines to activate? And it was extremely late that first night, we had actually all said goodnight, and around 10 minutes later, my data pad just went alive with a mission dump. Like, we're talking, what was it, 15 different mission points all at once, and I literally just grabbed my data pad and shouted out to everyone, missions! <laughs> this incredible just treasure trove of interactions that were ready for us to go the next day. It was just a fantastic way to end that first day, just put me at complete ease that it is happening. The storylines are connecting to us. Just a fantastic moment. What was your number four, Christine? Uh, my number four is going to be an interaction with another character. Uh, the character's name is Lieutenant Croy of the First Order. I did make my name known whenever we had first gotten on the ship. And uh, I was at the lunch buffet on the second day with Martin. And out of nowhere, Lieutenant Croy came in the room addressed me by my character's name and walked out. And it was just uh, it was just kind of a shocking moment that was like, wow, we are really all in this together at this point. Whether I wanted the First Order to know my name or not, they did. <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, it was just, it was very fun that he had remembered my name. So what about you, Drew? For me, it was the first time we got to do a Bridge Climax mission. The one we got to do first was uh, the, the bridge climax for the rebel story, the resistance story, I should say. When we were there, we joined the bridge and there was maybe 25 people on that climax, that right. mission, the resistance. Right. The bridge wasn't full. 
there were still plenty of seats or plenty of spots available for people to join us. So we were part of a select group that actually was helping the resistance overcome this certain thing. And it, it was a culmination of a mission that we had had earlier in the day on Batu, which itself was a climax from the night before. So to see everything come together in this moment was uh, something that was just super, super cool. So that puts us to number three. Martin, what was your number three memory or moment? I got to tell you, there's one character that uh, I knew was going to be on board. I didn't want to know any spoilers about the you know in-depth details of the storylines themselves, but I knew that there was going to be a smuggler rogue character uh, named Wraith Cole. That's uh, I'd say that smuggler and uh, rogue was the closest match to my own character persona that I was uh, on at Star Cruiser. And, there's a moment at the the first night when Wraith was interacting with Lenka Mock when it just clicked for me that these weren't just static beings. This was a real performer bringing real energy, real life off the cuff. This wasn't just some solidly scripted thing uh, that, that we were experiencing. I mean, it was really a live performance of Star Wars right in front of us. And I connected really deeply with all the characters, all the moments in a really significant way. And that was just something that I was surprised by how emotional of a connection you make with these characters. It sounds so artificial, but it's not. You really do. I mean, we were putting together these top five moments and we actually got misty thinking back to some of these fantastic interactions. But for me, it was just realizing how live this all was. And how talented these people have to be. To not just have all the beats of the story memorize certain speeches that they know they have to say, but to be able to bounce off other people on the ship. They have to work with kids on the ship, but they just flow with it so easily that you forget they're actors. That's my three. Christine, what's your number three Star Cruiser moment? Uh, my number three happened on our first night. Uh, they elected to do a fashion show of sorts. The fashion show basically consisted of uh, someone from the crew introduces your character, asks you who your basic style was inspired by. You walk down a fake runway and everybody cheers and everyone's just excited. So we decided we were going to participate in this, something that I would have never done in my real life. And this was last moment. We walked off of our bridge training. And they were just ending this right then. So we had to run up with no prep whatsoever. Yeah, we just all scrambled to make sure that we were in line to make sure that we could participate in it. And when the crew member asked me what my inspiration was in my character's thought process as my character, I responded, me. (laughs) because that's what Captain Belief Fassant would say. And to say that and have the reaction from the crowd and then to do, you know, your basic catwalk and have everybody clapping and excited, it was just wonderful. It was just a blast. It, It definitely made me feel like we were all part of a crew. Like we were all on this ship enjoying the same journey, even though our journeys are all different, but we're all on this journey together. So it was wonderful. What about you, Drew? For my number three, I'm going to switch things up because hearing your top three, I mean, or your the number five, number four, I realized that I left one off that is oh. kind of the antithesis of where you talked about. There was a moment where- Blue shrimp. The, yeah, it was a blue <laughs> shrimp. You got me. No, for me, I, I was lucky enough. I, I ran into one of the characters 
the character had a couple of women who were following him around. They were kind of hogging his time and really making it a little rougher for the rest of us. Uh, they were pushing kind of in front and you could tell they'd been following him around. And uh, he said, you know what? We, we need to go find this other character on the ship. I hear he's, he's on the seventh deck. He's on deck seven. So, he ran us up the stairs and he looked at these two and he said, I think the character that we're looking for is at the end of the hall. You need to go find him right now. And the, the two ladies just started running. And these halls, they have to be 100, 200 feet long. I don't know. Right. They're, they're very, very long <laughs> halls. And he goes, no, no, you got to go quick. You got to go fast. And they were hauling running. And immediately I realized, oh my gosh, this guy is doing crowd control. <laughs> He's taking these two people who are kind of hogging his time. He's like, nope, you need to keep going. And I played along too. I'm like, you're doing great. Keep going. You're great. Even better, we were lucky enough that uh, YouTuber Tim Tracker was on the voyage with us, and he documented. He happened to document that last part. So I, when I want a moment of, of happiness to myself, I can I can see the moment when this character was telling these people who were hogging his time to <laughs> keep going, keep going down the hall. <laughs> when they came back, he waited for them to come back. He didn't abandon them. He waited for them to make the two hundred foot whatever journey back, and he involved him. But they were tired. I don't know if they felt their place or they were just kind of tuckered out, but it, just the the control, you you know, this is a technique that they must have. How to deftly kind of, they can manage yeah. everyone's different, you know, needs and expectations. Yeah, it was fabulous. It was great. So, that, that was my number three for, for sure. So, let's go back to number two. Martin, what's your number two memory? Okay, so my number two memory uh, is just a specific interaction I had with, with uh, one character that we didn't have many interactions with is uh our all of our storylines just by pure you know chance and, and a random collision uh we kind of just missed some of the captain's storylines all four of us on this voyage but that made one interaction that i had with her uh really really special where we were able to you know in, in a crowd of people just kind of you know riff off each other and kind of just have dialogue that w was funny extemporaneous you know extemporaneous and uh it, it just felt really natural and just how incredibly talented this captain was to be able to just take everything that I was, you know, this energy that I was feeding her. And that's definitely my number two moment. It was just a, a rare moment with that character, but really made the most of it. And just how incredibly special she was able to make me feel in that moment by what energy I brought her. Uh, they, they, Disney really has the most talented cast members imaginable. But that's, uh, that's my number two. Christine, what was your number two Star Cruiser memory? Okay, my number two is going to be an interaction uh, specifically with Gaia. Gaia is the musical superstar, the galactic superstar, who happened to be performing on the Halcyon. And it was the end of a heist that had been part of the two-day experience with the scoundrel that resulted in the recovery of an artifact that belonged on the home planet of Ryloth. She did an amazing job in going through how much the recovery of the stone meant to her and meant to the people of Ryloth. And by the time the speech was done, I was in tears and uh, I thought that I was from the planet of Ryloth. And it was just so incredibly meaningful. I mean, there were maybe 20 of us in that room and she just made eye contact with everybody as she talked about it and how meaningful it was to her that we were all immediately sucked into the story. And yeah, that's, that's a moment that I will never, ever forget. 
lot, a lot of misty eyes in that cargo hold at that moment yeah. in time. And yeah. then a lot of makeup touch-up. Uh, a lot of makeup. Yeah, sure. It's a, it's a necessary thing when you have uh, green face paint on. It's not easy it being is green. Not. Thanks, Drew. Okay, so who is next? Are we? Did we get through number twos for everyone? I need to tell you my number two, Fantastic. Christine. So the culmination of the Jedi storyline is another artifact that's recovered and uh, brought back to the ship. And this had been tipped off to me. Uh, I, I'd heard the spoiler. This was the only spoiler that I knew about the, about the trip. When we got the missions the night before, you're going back to your one of your moments, Martin. One of the missions was the Jedi mission that I knew would lead into this. So I was giddy with excitement. I, I built up to it. The, the moment is the recovery of the Jedi holocron that we bring back from the planet Batu, And it's presented to us by Rey on the ship. And Rey has this almost spiritual session where she explains the importance of holocrons and that this is something that we've recovered. She opens a holocron and Yoda appears just floating in air above. And, and for a few moments, you're just stunned. Wait, wait, how is this happening? How is this, this actually, what's the technology that makes this possible that I can see Yoda? But then there's people on both sides of the room, right? Each one seeing only the front of Yoda without the other one seeing the back. Yeah, exactly. And and so I'm I'm experiencing relief at the fear of missing out that I wasn't going to get this experience. I'm experiencing the spiritual moment with Ray saying, I was part of this mission. I got to have this experience with you guys. And I got to have this experience with my son. It was amazing. It was just something that I was so excited to partake in. And that would be my number two memory. Well, you know what this means, guys. We're to our number one. Number one. one. Number one with a bullet. So, Martin, let's start with you. What was your number one? Uh, My number one, it it, it truly was a a once-in-a-lifetime experience. It was that uh, on day two during Galactic Star Cruiser, a big portion of the day is spent on the planet Batu or Galaxy's Edge. And they let all four of our group go in full costume and full makeup. And we were definitely skirting the edges of what were approved Disney costuming guidelines for the time. But we walking around in Galaxy's Edge as four fully realized characters was something really special. I mean, the reactions that we got from people were so overwhelmingly positive. Uh, my character was named George Sekul, an in-universe version of George Lucas. Christine? Uh, my character's name is Malie Fassant. It is a mashup between Maleficent and a Twi'lek. But just to walk around Galaxy's Edge, it's the, it's the biggest stage for any cos- Star Wars cosplayer in the world. We'll, we'll never be able to chase that dragon uh, successfully again and, and achieve it the way we did. It was truly a once-in-a-lifetime experience, and I think we all made the most of it. And, it, well, that, that's my number one. But, Drew, let's hear about your number one experience on Galactic Star Cruiser. My number one was courtesy of you, Martin, and Christine. So uh, when when we were done, at the very end of the experience, uh, we were in the bridge. We had just finished watching the, the, the fireworks. And you said, uh, just stay here. I'll be right back. And Martin, you and I have been friends for a while. So I knew that I was about to have a Martin moment, which is really <laughs> exciting. And, and I'll confess, I looked through the, the, the window of the bridge just to see. And you were talking with Wraith, which was pretty cool. And I was like, oh, what's he doing? That's the, and I, I know she had a box and I didn't know what it was. And when you walked into the bridge, you were holding your phone and it was playing the end title uh, award ceremony music from uh, New Hope. It, it, I was like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And you, Wraith walked up to us and in character, 
Rafe said, you all have been very uh, important to our overall success. We appreciate your help with the heist. We appreciate your help with the missions that we had. And as a result, we'd like to present to you these very special medals. They were replicas of the medals at the Battle of Yavin. And Wraith came over and put the medal on me. And it, it wasn't a dude doing dinner theater, giving me a hokey thing. It was Wraith giving me a medal because I participated in the story. And that just brought the whole conclusion to such an epic conclusion. And it was super cool. And it's a memory that I'm going to cherish for the rest of my life, for sure. It was just such a great moment. So again, thanks, Martin, for that memory. That was, that was my number one. Awesome. Well, Christine, I'd like to hear about your number one moment from the Galactic Star Cruiser Voyage. Well, uh, my number one moment would be immediately following that. Okay. Because at that point, the storyline piece of it was done. Uh, It was a matter of going and enjoying some desserts and kind of relaxing and talking about the moment. But it, it hit me hard like a ton of bricks that I was not expecting in any way, shape or form that in less than 48 hours, my life had completely changed. And I didn't even know how much then, (laughs) but we made reservations to go back less than two weeks after being home. So that's an indication as to how much it changed. Um. (laughs) You, You really did find a serious geek passion. I mean, your connection with that character of Malifa Sant is spectacular yeah i you know in all the times that we go to san diego comic-con and our comic-con here at home you know we've had some amazing moments but nothing that really carried with you after it was done there there is no done when it comes to star cruiser and we're all well-traveled people We've been places, we've done things, and in this one fake space voyage is just so captivating. You shut your dirty mouth. It's absolutely captivating to my imagination, to my emotion, and I'm just so looking forward to going back. Well, that's a a great number one moment, and Christina, and I completely agree with everything. Uh, Just the fact that it wrapped me up in a story and I was able to, you know, forget about the craziness garbage fire that is the world in general right now and just lose myself in the story and actually feel like I was a part of a Star Wars experience. So I don't mean to, to, to piggyback on what you said, Christine, but, but yeah, that, that's, that's, that we've was big part of it. We've all talked about it and we all feel that way. Absolutely. And when you listen to other people on Twitter or on YouTube or everybody is saying the same thing, how people immediately are like, when can we go again? Or, you know, I, one of the other people that we uh, all listen to, Princess and Scoundrel, she just posted today on Instagram, this was life-changing. And I just wanted to reach out and hug her and say, me too. <laughs> yep, absolutely. This episode brought to you by Kleenex because right. we've all needed them this yeah. episode. Yeah. The only thing I can imagine is Bob Chapek is listening to this right now and he's he's rubbing his hands together like the lawyer in Jurassic Park going, we're going to make a fortune with this place. <laughs> well, why can't the lawyer be asking about coupon day? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I appreciate you sharing your your moments with me and uh, with our podcast listening audience. Uh, Christine, if people wanted to reach out and maybe tell us about their favorite moments, uh, how would they find us on the interwebs? Uh, We are Heroes of the Halcyon on Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to email us, it's heroesofthehalcyon at gmail.com. Well, Terry, we appreciate everyone listening. It's our honor. Let's raise our glasses, everyone. Until next episode. 
to Bowie Save!